This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile. 5G makes business sense. This is The Breakfast Grill and I'm Mark Tan. Gamilang International is a Johor-based manufacturer of bus bodies and bus assemblies. And with over 30 years of experience, the group has become one of the leading companies of its kind in Malaysia. But moving forward, the challenge will be to transition, strengthen and expand their footprint in the electric vehicle market as a reputable electric bus body builder globally. Apart from electric buses, the group is also exploring the possibility of manufacturing a wider range of electric commercial and special purpose vehicles. This morning, I speak with Pang Junji, Executive Director, Gamelian International, on how the company has been transitioning from the domination of diesel-powered vehicles to electric vehicles. JJ, good morning. Good morning, Mark. Since the company was last on the show, what's been happening in securing new tenders and how many buses have Gamilang delivered to its customers over the past two years? Uh, yes. So in terms of the new tenders, um, I think back then when Mr. C.Y. Pang, my boss, uh, when he was on the show, he shared about uh, the business outlook of for the company to secure new tenders uh, from our target markets, for example, uh, Dubai, Singapore, Hong Kong, Australia. Um, the thing is, all these major tenders activities have uh, been delayed. And uh, I guess this is due to many uncertain, unforeseen uh, events such as the war. Uh, so in fact, when two years ago, when we say uh, those tenders were coming out in a year or so, uh, when delay happens, this will definitely impact also uh, the business outlook of the company, unfortunately. So in FY 2022, Gamilang delivered 432 buses. But in the first six months of this year, it's only delivered 33 buses. So there's got to be a huge underutilization of your factory floor space right now. That's correct. Uh, that's for the first half of the year. And uh, to be frank, that was one of the worst uh, six-month performance of our company. However, uh, in the past six months, we also took that opportunity to relook into our operation in terms of production. But uh, we managed to develop new product, so that's a good sign. Also, um, we are working very hard on um, improving production to make it leaner, uh, to adapt, especially tackling unforeseen events. Now, in terms of your deliveries for the second half of 2023, is it going to pick up or is it going to be flat? You know, because I'm I'm not in the position to um, the review uh, the financial position of the company that is uh, not yet reported. But what we can say is um, definitely it's going to be a flat year for us. Mm-hmm. However, uh, things are changing because of these uh, tender activities going up. Uh, 2024 is the year that we um, look forward to because that was the year we supposed to have it in 2023 and now it's been delayed to 2024, let's put it this way. Right. Now, just give us a sense. What's the status of your order book at the moment? And is there any backlog in deliveries? In terms of backlog in deliveries, that was in 2021 and 2022. And there was no tender activity in the past at least three, four years. Um, So now we are looking into new orders uh, mainly. All right. So generally no order book and no backlog at this moment in time. Uh, Yes, there was some. But um, for the city bus orders, currently it's stagnant, so there's no backlog orders. So our current focus pretty much beside the city bus standard is on the coach building. So this year particularly, I think we have, in terms of ratio, coach building instead of uh, city bus building is uh, taking a lead 
in terms of our deliveries. Now, give us a sense, right? What's the business mix right now of your buses between CBU and CKD? Yeah, that's a very interesting question as well. Um, so in the past, I guess we would focus more on the CBU business. Uh, CBU would mean that we would build the buses entirely at our factory. But now with the rising need of um, the countries trying to bring in the manufacturing activities, for example, like introduce more local content, create job opportunities, and that is where we see a rising demand in the CKD kits from us sending from our factory to these countries. So because I've noticed in your first six months interim report for FY2023, all your deliveries are CKDs. CBU is basically nil for this uh, first six months. Yes. Okay, so your entire business model essentially is transitioning to CKD. We couldn't say that because we still value the business of CBU, but CKD is unavoidable. Demand is going to rise. Now, in terms of profit margins, which is more profitable for you, a CBU or a CKD? Definitely CBU, but CKD would be much easier to handle because we are sending just the kids and our customer will take care of the remaining services such as the after-sales service, warranty and everything. Right. On the other side, over the past 18 months, in line with your objective to transition to electric vehicles, what's the current revenue contribution from your EV buses? We do see a pickup in terms of building electric buses. Currently, the percentage, I would say, it's about 20 to 30, 30% at okay. the moment. So still very much dominated by diesel combustible engines. Um, yes. So moving forward, when do you see or foresee electric vehicles contributing to 80% or more of your business? It's going to happen very soon. Uh, why do we say that, you know, Singapore is um, one of our major markets, so Singapore, Malaysia, and um, Singapore has just closed the tender submission for um, 400 units of electric buses, meaning Singapore is not buying any more diesel city buses. Moving forward, it's going to be entirely Electric is definitely replacing um, the traditional type of transportation, meaning the diesel buses. Right. So in terms of all the new tenders you're seeing out there, would you say 100% is requesting for electric vehicles or there's still tenders out there for diesel combustible engines? There are still tenders coming up for diesel buses, for example, like Malaysia and Dubai. So Prasarana has just announced mm -hmm. a new tender mm -hmm. for diesel buses. From here, we can see that... Uh, Malaysia, um, probably the government is still evaluating how to tackle investing in the infrastructure. Mm, the EV charging systems. Yes, that, is very, that can be very costly. And sometimes it can be interesting to see when the charges, the cost of installing the charges is similar to cost of upgrading the power grid. Mm -hmm. The charges are already expensive. Digging the ground, installing new cables, new power grid, in the ground is also very, very expensive, especially we talk, when we talk about doing this in this, um, the heart of Kuala Lumpur. Okay. Now, in terms of your business model, it sounds like your entire sales model is dependent on securing projects from clients on a tender basis. There's absolutely no recurring regular income from other clientele. There is actually, mostly from Hong Kong at mm -hmm. the moment. So for Hong Kong market, we build a lot of coaches, intercity coaches taking people from the city centre to the border, crossing to China, for example, mainland China. And for Malaysia, this year, because the first six months was slow, and uh, we took the opportunity to develop 
the brand new uh, 30.5 meter, the longest double deck coach in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of remarkable. So who's the client for this double deck coach? Is it private operators or is it still back to the government linked organizations? Like private that? operators. Okay. So you are now starting to go into private operators. Our product were already available to them back then, but just that it wasn't really our focus. Okay. Because it's, I guess it's about time and resource management. Because of the first six months that we were more available to invest and uh, design and research into this product, that's how um, the product was built. Okay. So you've got a product right now, but you don't exactly have any traction on it in terms of getting customers signing up for it. The Double Coach, after it was launched, mm-hmm. we see a lot of interest, new interest from um, different operators. Of course, I must say that definitely for that product, there's a lot of room for improvement. Okay, so who are these operators that you've sold this bus to? So these are private operators that operate long-distance service from, for example, Johor Bahru to Kota Bahru, Johor Bahru to Kuala Lumpur, Kuala Lumpur to Kota Bahru, or other more, we say, further states. Okay, these are the intercity buses. Intercity buses, right. yes. Okay. Now, given the fact that earlier on you're mentioning that you have a huge underutilization of your factory in Johor and business has been down, how do you retain your skilled workers and engineering talent when obviously the nature of your business is very volatile and revenues have been dropping for the last five years? Have you guys been right-sizing the company during these tough times? When we say the business is down, doesn't really mean that our people had nothing to do or they were free. Instead, they were extremely busy mm-hmm. because developing a new product takes time. And when we are talking about entering new markets, securing new tenders, it involves a lot of R&D process, building the prototypes. This year alone, we built more prototypes than ever before, especially for electric buses. And I guess all these prototypes, the company stand chances to win more jobs, to secure more orders. Of course, in terms of securing the talent, there's another challenge is that Singapore is just right next to us. Right. But in terms of right sizing, according to your annual report, a total of 93 employees left the Hong Kong office and the PRC manufacturing plant back in 2022, resulting in an overall turnover of 37%. So I suppose, is this exercise going to continue moving forward? Or have you guys found the right size of numbers in terms of employees given the current tough times? Ideally, yes. We will do this maybe in a more fixed term maybe every one or two years that we should do this. Right. On the Breakfast Grill this morning is Pang Junjian, Executive Director, Gamilang International. After the break, we talk about export markets, green power partnership, and Malaysian tender business and share price. This is BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G makes business sense. Welcome back to The Breakfast Grill, where in the hot seat this morning is Pang Junji, Executive Director, Gamilang International. Before the break, we talk about Gamilang's business and financial performance for the past 18 months. Now, JJ, in terms of export markets, Hong Kong is the only one holding its ground, whereas we have seen significant drops from Singapore, USA and Australia. What are your turnaround plans for these markets? So, when we look into the nature of Gamilang business, it's pretty much tender-driven. Singapore... Hong Kong and Australia especially. And our product, positioned as a premium city bus product, normally because the price of our product is generally can be higher than the others, there's definitely a premium for aluminium buses when opposed to steel body buses. Mm -hmm. So 
given this factor, our clients, our customers are normally, you can say, government or the government-linked companies. Because only the government-linked companies, they would appreciate more on the total cost of ownership. Because aluminium, although it's expensive, but in the long run, it is cost-saving, actually, because it's lighter. There's a fuel saving, there's energy saving, etc. So having that said, it's our tender is really pretty much tender-driven. And when there's no tender coming out from Singapore, Australia, especially, for the city bus market, there's pretty much nothing we could do because the city bus are based on tender from the government. And that is why for the past two or three years, we just had to wait. And another thing is, because currently there's a transitioning going on from diesel to electric bus, and there was and there is still many, many trial runs going on for different type of, or different concept of electric bus products. And this is also taking time. And that is also another reason why all these standard activities got delayed. Mm. Because the government, when they put the money in, they want to make sure they are buying the right product that can last for the next 15 years. Okay. So I know your regular export markets like Singapore, US and Australia has been taking a hit. What about your efforts to expand into new markets? For example, Indonesia or Europe, or I think early on you mentioned Dubai and Uzbekistan. How has those efforts been? So how we entered the United Arab Emirates and Uzbekistan was mainly because of our chassis partner. So as a bus bodybuilding company, we built just the body on the chassis. So when we are delivering, I could say, good product and our chassis partner, when they are participating tenders, for example, coming up in the new markets, they will reach out to us. Okay. So basically, it's your chassis partner that's leading the projects for those export markets and not Gemilang. In a way, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what's important is Gemilang is also capable of delivering the product, the buses that fits the local requirement because different market for buses, right? Mm-hmm. Safety, technically speaking, they are all different. Right. So the requirement from Dubai is different to Singapore, it's different to Uzbekistan, it's different to Malaysia. And our capability is to adapt to all these different requirements. So many people ask us this question actually as well, is that, Gamilang, why don't you build sort of like a standard product for all different markets? It's going to be easier. Mm-hmm. But at Gamilang, the customizability matters. So for example, for the European bus makers, when there's a tender just for 100 units, they may not be able to just build new specifications just for that 100 unit because the volume doesn't make, probably doesn't make sense to them. There's no economical value. Mm-hmm. Then they will come to Gamilang and say, there's this tender mm-hmm. for maybe just 50 or 10 or 20 units or higher unit, higher of numbers like 100 units. Can Gamilang do it? Then we say yes. And then we will deliver European standard product to them that matches their brands, matches the quality that they normally deliver. So, yes, this is how, kind of how we um, enter into new markets. Okay. Now, is China still a market for you or Gamilang has yet to find the right partner to enter China? Yes, China is still a target market to us. One of the reasons why the company was listed in Hong Kong, not Malaysia, was also because that the bus market in China is enormous and we hope to get a part of it, put it this way. Because 
for mainly, I think, because of the already overcapacity in China, especially. Mm -hmm. And what we have found is, instead of competing with the Chinese company, shipping the bus from Malaysia to China, instead, we should work with them for the overseas markets, mm -hmm. right? So in the past, we mainly work with the European brands because simply because especially the government uh, bus operators or uh, bus operators in cities like Hong Kong, Australia, they appreciate the use of aluminum bus. They want their bus to last for 15 years, 70 years, 20 years and beyond. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why the buses are so expensive when opposed to just a normal bus, you know. And in the past, frankly speaking, Chinese diesel bus, they weren't as good as the European ones. They weren't that long-lasting. Mm -hmm. uh, but now things has, have changed. So in terms of electric bus product, the Chinese product, they are very, very close. Okay. Yeah. okay. Now, in December last year, Gamilang partnered with US-based and Nasdaq-listed Green Power Motor Company to collaborate, develop, and market right-hand drive heavy-duty Class 4 trucks and vans using Green Power's cargo and cab chassis. How's the project developed so far? And have you secured your first customers? We haven't secured the first customer. But the project is still going on, that we are working hand-in-hand -hand with um, Green Power Model Company to introduce their first-ever right-hand drive EV truck um, for the right-hand drive markets here in Malaysia, Singapore, and Australia especially. So let's look at Malaysia. So Rapid Bus is set to begin its bus electrification program. Now, is Gamilang bidding for this project as almost 600 buses are planned for this two-phase exercise? So currently... Yes, there's a new tender, but it's for diesel bus. It's not yet for the electric bus. Mm -hmm. However, we do understand that there's definitely a plan for the government rolling out electric buses in the fleet. But it's okay, you can still bid for the diesel combustible engine business. Yes, we can right? still. Yeah. So I, I would say yes, we are in a very good position as we have delivered quite a fair amount of electric buses um, for Prasarana. Uh, the first ever 15 units of electric bus, it was bought by us, mm -hmm. uh, the Sunway BRT using the BYD chassis uh, that was done by us. Mm -hmm. And there was also a few 10 units of um, converted buses from diesel to electric. Okay, but let's focus on Prasa Rana, right? Yep, uh, right. So have you tended for the phase one exercise and what's been the results? Because this, this is an ongoing tender process. Maybe I couldn't share much about the mm -hmm. um, insights of what we are doing. But how, based on the historical um, tenders from Prasarana, what we did was we partnered with um, other bodybuilder or um, bus companies, chassis companies to pass, participate in the tender. We never involved directly in the tender process, meaning we never bid by ourselves. Mm -hmm. We always work as a strategic partner with other companies to participate in the tender. So what other Malaysian projects has Gamilang got in the pipeline? Well, the most important one is the Prasana tender, of course. Mm -hmm. And then we have the local um, coach building business for the double deck coach. Mm -hmm. And um, occasionally, we also build single deck coach, if that counts. Um, not really project, but it's more like uh, on demand basis. So people will come up and say, hey, Gamilang, I want to buy uh, this single deck coach, for example. Okay, those are like ad hoc requests, we, I suppose. We can say the yeah. ad hoc requests, yes. Um, double deck coach um, mentioned earlier was about the same. Mm. More ad, on ad hoc basis. Um, also, we are working with the, um, we are trying to work with more state governments, like what we have done in the past with uh, Sarawak and Sabah government um, 
to make available a trial run of electric bus for them, for them to try, for them to work out the costing, how much investment they will have to make if they are buying electric bus, putting the buses into the fleet. Um, so our vision is to make uh, electric bus common feature for all these cities, right? And it is that's why it's very important for us to um, work closely with all these different state governments. Mm-hmm for them to try the bus, for them to feed it, for them to have a first-hand experience on this. Okay. Now, in August this year, Gamilang announced that it has sold a parcel of land for 4.5 million US dollars. What's the objective of this exercise and what plans does Gamilang have for the proceeds? Right. So, um, put it simply, there was a profit-making deal. Mm-hmm. We bought the land two years ago and we sell it now and make a profit. Uh, but what we can share is, previously, when we bought the land, it was planned for future expansion. And uh, because when we foresee all these new tenders coming up, right, and we probably might need more space to um, tackle all this uh, manufacturing demand. So two years later now, um, you know that Johor property market is booming. Everybody is coming in to buy land, to buy properties, to buy housing. And uh, this boosts the property price very much. Okay. And when there was a buyer offered to buy the land, the profit was very good and we make a decision to sell it. So, but what is Gamilang's plans for the cash from the profits of these sales? What do you plan to do with it? Uh, that would mainly be uh, working capital, um, of course, to pay off some of the bank facilities. Also, for us to save bullets mm. at this moment. Um, because, like mentioned earlier, our project is very tender-based. So, we do not know what's going to happen. Um, it happened before when the tender was called and it was cancelled. So, to tackle all these uncertainties, we think that selling that piece of land at the moment is a good decision to make. Mm. Um, so Gamilang International Limited share price listed on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange has dropped 25% on a year-to-date basis. Now, why has the share price dropped so much? Uh, fundamentally speaking, because our business dropped, right? So naturally, the share price would also drop. Mm-hmm. Um, the share price is given, uh, the, sh- the share price is sort of given or set um, by the market. Um, maybe it reflects the current value of the company. Maybe. But for us, it doesn't reflect the um, business outlook of the company. What we are doing now is that we are working very hard to bring back the company back to the um, 2019 level before the COVID. That was considered a normal year to us mm. uh, when our share price was $1 and above. Our IPO price was uh, $1.28, $1.28. All right. JJ, thank you very much for your time. On The Breakfast Grill was Pang Junji, Executive Director, Gamilang International. This is BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G makes business sense. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.